0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
1: Welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast, your home for news, news, security stories, technology, and all sorts of other related chit-chat that catches our attention. Hello listeners, welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast, and uh, this week, well, quite a lot of stuff has happened actually, so we'll get to some of that in a moment. Uh, Jim is otherwise engaged, so uh, I'm joined by Nick, hello Nick. Hello, give me some
2: peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: yes indeed, Uh, in the uh, pre-show, I foolishly... uh, Made a cup of tea and thought I'd have a thick slice of bread with peanut butter on it, which was, of course it was a very foolish thing to do before trying to do a podcast because it was an instant dog attractor, and the dog was you know creeping up to me and trying to climb on me, going, "Oh, I love you so much, but please give me your toast and peanut butter." <laughs> Anyway, I placated him with a crust and he sloped off with it to eat it in the kitchen. So uh, now there's no more. He's <laughs> gone back to sleeping, I think. so. Oh, they're
2: so right. hard done by dogs all the while, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Terrible.
1: It's terrible. You know, I'm so hard. I've been eating for hours. Yeah, so much so, dog, that when I offer you a dog biscuit, you turn your nose up at it, you know. <laughs> What's this muck? <laughs> What's I thought it was only cats here? that were fussy, but there oh, you go. no, no. No, no, no. I've got a variety of treats for my dog, and he's got very, uh, what's this? What's this mug? You know? Course <laughs> it's dog food you've put down. I don't want that. Anyway, there we are. So, um yes, quite a lot has happened this week. Of course the um I'll tell you what I haven't got a link to because it's hard to write a story about something not happening, but uh so far, no sign of any announcement about the uh you know, purported Apple event.
2: Oh, yeah, well, that's which, true. Yes, but the 6th of September, aren't we, so, today, um, recording.
1: Um, kids pot- yes, we are. I mean, they like to do a Tuesday, so I suppose they could put out an announcement tomorrow, which would be seven days ahead.
2: Mm, that will be something to look forward to anyway.
1: Yep, but no. as of yet, no official comment about an Apple event. Lots of stories about oh, yeah. the watch being, you know, oh, the watch has got production issues. Well, it's in pre-production. That's what pre-production is for, to find out where there are issues don't make yeah, they're going to, uh, uh,
2: just uh, just a little uh, a little heads up because i've got i'm in the know about what they're going to release they're going to release everything Are they, <laughs> yeah and it, they're it, going to release everything and they're going to do it uh the, the same day that they actually have be, uh, the anyway, that's my prediction <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're going to re- they're going to announce everything that they've got and it will be available as soon as it's ready how about that that's right. a grand yeah. prediction <laughs> <laughs> Like the it. Minchi Quo's got nothing on us, mate. Nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a more. He's got a cooler
2: name, perhaps. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Right. Um. Well, let's get this one out of the way, then, shall we, Nick? Because I think we're sick of talking about this one. Really, Apple has delayed the rollout of its controversial child safety features in order to make improvements. Um And uh, that was at Mac rumors, and it's all over the place, of course and the independent here in the u k says Apple indefinitely delays introduction of photo scanning features after widespread
2: outcry um I'm still hearing people get this all mixed up yes i mean i'm still just I'm seeing YouTube podcasts and things, and I'm thinking you haven't actually listened properly to what they're actually doing, have you? No. <laughs> I, you know, and
1: people are still going on about this thing that it's on device. And it's like, I, I don't understand how you don't get that it's actually better and more private for you on your device. Um, yeah. Anyway, as a result of all the hoo ha. Um, and possibly the bungled messaging. I think Apple have now said that they are going to delay the rollout. Um, I don't know about indefinitely. I mean, the independent says indefinitely, but then again, if I just say we're delaying it while we consider making improvements, I guess that's that, indefinitely. indefinitely. Yeah, they haven't <laughs>
2: actually said when they're going to do it, therefore, <laughs> it's indefinitely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hate to say it, but I almost feel like, at this point, they've backed down because of the hue and outcry, and that, like, and think if we leave it for a few months and then introduce it more quietly, it'll all go away. Um, uh,
2: maybe. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I mean, just, uh, we have discussed this into the ground, pretty much, and...
1: Yeah, I just... But anyway, uh, there you go.
2: I haven't, got, I haven't got any major problems with what they're doing, but... If they can make it even better, then and, and and placate some people, yeah, uh, I, guess. I, I can understand. The, the reason this has become such a big issue is because Apple are so big about privacy. Mm. If Apple didn't go on constantly about privacy, this wouldn't be an issue at all, I don't think. No, uh, uh, as as we've said in when we've discussed it before, lots of other people are doing this anyway without even asking. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, I think it probably is something that's going to run on. A little bit, a little bit like one of the um, security things. It'll uh, it'll run on a little bit until Apple can find the right magic sprinkly dust to put on it, and then yeah, and then, then, and then it'll then. probably come out.
1: Or they might bring it out bit by bit, which uh, yeah, that might if...
2: make it clearer. Yeah, I mean, people have if they said, you know, the it.
1: fact that they did sort of all three at once was a very bad move because the two things about photos are so easily conflated when they're actually completed. Yes, yeah, um, that's
2: right. If you if you just say we're going to scan your photos, that sounds really bad. Cool. Um, but we all we already discussed that it's not yeah. quite that cut and dried. But, um, <laughs> I mean, but anyway. it, uh, the guys on ATP
1: was saying, you know, everybody's up in arms about this neural hash cryptographic uh, matching when, in fact, there's something far more easily exploited and possibly far more dangerous if Apple didn't, you know, make sure that it was kept secure, and that is the machine learning on your phone. Now, if you say to you know, hey, S-person, find me pictures of dogs, that's actually... Yeah. Yeah? If somebody wished to exploit that, they could find anything they wanted. So... You know, that's actually, technically speaking, they say that's far easier to exploit and much more dangerous than matching a yeah. load of hashes. But there you go. So if you want to read those, I've got links in the show notes. I think me and Nick are sick of talking about it, to
2: be honest. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, because
2: I, I mean, really, in many ways, we just end up talking round and round in circles, don't we? So.
1: Because we both pretty much agree that we don't see a problem with it. I mean, there's only a couple of things that concern me, and one's the slippery slope, and even that. Apple would have to completely, you know, if they did it yeah, I, quietly. Yeah, I, I think
2: I I've, I, was watching one YouTube and I, uh, you know, I'm quite uh, used to, um, it's a good job, no one's standing outside my house listening to yeah, me. Because you're I often shouting talked, at them. I often shout at the telly. <laughs> and um, uh, I was saying, um, oh dear, my age. <laughs> Forget it. I can't remember what it was I was going to say. Never mind, but they say um, something stupid. Uh, only, well. only, that they, only that the YouTube stuff was was getting it all wrong, basically. And um, yeah. I just, <laughs> you just think, yeah, yeah. well, that's, a, that's, that's sort of on
1: the par of, you know, stop taking sheep dip to try and cure COVID, you idiots. <laughs> yeah. Really, how how is a bloody, you know, how is a farm animal dewormer going to help you? and I'm not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, so we'll move on. Um, another one which came out, I don't know, Bridie, I think. Uh, Germany wants Apple to offer iPhone updates and parts for seven years. Uh, This is on Apple side. I bet they do. Um,
2: Of course they do.
1: (laughs) Well, this is... um, Doesn't everybody? The EU, I think, already pretty much mandate that you have to support a device for five years, I think not quite sure or they want to, they want to um yeah you know uh germany is pushing for 7 i think france might be muttering about 6
2: um don't get me wrong i understand that the driving force behind this is to stop people buying quite so many phones and yes. uh, uh, it's better for the planet if people hang on to their phones yeah, or um, or if even I, if, I understand the logic behind it all um but uh, G- I presume the German government has actually said that they want this to happen or I, some German body.
1: Yes, I believe uh, so. I didn't, I, I did read it. I can't remember now exactly who it was. Um, what's it say here?
2: But, uh, but I mean, obviously, obviously we do. We want people to use their stuff. And as, um, the guys on the Mac and forth often say, um, they don't throw the stuff away. It, it gets recycled. Yeah. I mean, even though I've got nothing to pass, I've got no one to pass my stuff on to. Um, I don't throw it away when I've finished with it. It goes to someone like music magpie or, or, and then they resell it. it.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Um, What's it say here? Smartphone producers, including Apple. Yeah, so by the way, Germany wants Apple to offer iPhone updates. is not true, right? Smartphone producers should be uh, compelled to provide security patches and spare parts for seven years. According to the German government. It's not targeting Apple, that's just that Apple insider headline, by the way. Oh, right. (laughs) Um, They're not targeting, you know, German federal government has entered negotiations with the European Commission to alter proposals affecting smart phone and tablet repairs and servicing the european commission is working to push device vendors into offering parts and support for five years germany wants it to be seven um
2: (laughs) it says on top of this the extra lifespan germany wants spare parts to be offered at a reasonable price well i'm I'm all for that uh this includes requiring vendors to publish the prices of spare parts and not to increase the cost over time (laughs) how can they promise to do that what happens if the things that they use to make it, the yeah, cost that, goes that, up anyway. I mean, go, that's a bit yeah. bit bonkers. But they like getting, um, you
1: know, ask for more and get what you take, what you. Oh get. yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, I'll, I'm all
2: for it. I'm all for making as much use of the stuff as we can, and not just throwing stuff away when you've had it for a twelve month Yeah, uh, uh, but uh, I'm, I mean, I'm. I'm in the choir for that one. I'm pre- preaching from the same hymn sheet or I whatever. Think
1: the... So, yep, that's the um, one. Uh, Germany wants the commission to be tougher, but vendors want the opposite. Uh, Digital Europe, which includes Apple alongside Google and Samsung, are pushing for three years of security updates and two years for functional updates. Which I'm a little bit disappointed of in Apple for there. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, it's it, this seems strange to me because actually the the other piece I've got on this is um uh uh Apple three which is Elmer Dewitt isn't it um Philip Elmer Dewitt says new new EU rules parts and updates would play to Apple's strengths um, and I agree with this actually because I'm pretty sure Apple support their dev- I mean how old's the six S now uh, six oh. S 8, 8 and ten XS 11,
2: 12. 12. so what
1: six uh, years
2: seven six is it I think that was seven you just went through six s somewhere seven, in the same year,
1: well, eight and ten were together, oh that's true x s eleven twelve, well, I still make that six years,
2: um and if you look at i mean, if you look around amongst people, I mean particularly people who aren't techy i mean they're they're often carrying around devices that look as if they were made in the stone age, <laughs>
1: well, you know, my mate's still using a 5S. Yeah, um, And he said, oh, I am thinking of changing it now. And I said, well, you want to look at getting it. A-
2: There's a bit of a difference between supporting things and encouraging people to move on, isn't there? Cause, I mean, obviously, Apple wants as many people as possible to buy their goods, so they're going to want them to upgrade every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's it, it's the drive to constantly have the new that is the problem, not really what we're doing with the old stuff,
1: but, I, mean, I it, think. You've only got to go as you say, to somewhere like Music Magpie or CEX, to see the
2: cabinets do, yeah. full Things get
1: resold. Yeah. of phones being resold. And it's, you know, it, it, and I'm not knocking in here, but it's people like Carl and uh, podcasters and, and bloggers and people who have the latest one every time there's a new one, but they yes. take their phones they hand them on or they sell them on, and there are plenty of people out there who are quite happy to have an eight you know or a yeah yeah
2: i i i don't remember i think i had a oh i had a oh what was the name of the phone company way back Used cool. to make like the little little what, Nokia? phones. Nokia's? No, no, one of the others. Motorola.
1: They used to make little tiny weeny ones.
2: Yeah, I can't remember now. And I think that ended up in a drawer, and I I ended up throwing it away eventually because it really wasn't worth anything. Yeah. Um. But every every iPhone I've had has got sold on, and in fact, every device that I've ever bought, <laughs> apart from all the gadgets which I can't really get rid of, or I should get rid of, and I haven't. Um all my mac all my apple devices have always got sold on to somebody else so yeah uh, here we go so yeah um I, I, I think it's a good thing that germany are asking for this i, I think it's unlikely they're going to get it but um, but we all want to see things lasting and being yeah. supported
1: i mean as it says yeah. here um friend of the blog bart Yee writes in theory it is Probably a bit of overreach by the EU and Germany, but, you know, would the same policy apply to other tech products? What about automobile? Uh, Apple is a better place to deliver this in regard to practically any Android, and certainly the bulk of mid- and low-priced Android makers. Apple now supports six years on most of its post-six phone models, and with tweaks, could continue to support them on a limited software and security basis. Um... Yeah. No, I mean, Apple are almost doing seven years now, so yeah, I, I can't. But, you know, some of these other Android phones are lucky if they get an, one update of Android. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, some yeah, of them, some are, of, absolutely, some of them you know, just,
2: yes, they're on the shelf before you know what's happened. I mean, people still use them, but they're, security-wise, they're wide open.
1: Yeah, so there we go. Um. I'm slightly disappointed to read that Apple are kind of effectively lobbying against it. To some extent, it would be in their to their advantage to lobby for it.
2: Um, You would think so, wouldn't you? You know,
1: there we are. Um, That's that. So that's more EU stuff uh, proposed, of course. Um, Apple will ask before it targets you with ads in iOS 15. Um,
2: That's very kind of it.
1: Very kind. Well, they're basically, it seems to be, although it's slightly different to the tracking transparency that they've imposed on everybody else, they're kind of applying the same thing to themselves, apparently. Fair enough. You, I think I saw one on mine, on my beta. I didn't even really think about it. It just came up and said, do you want targeted ads or not? And it's just like, no, thank you. Um.
2: So it's got turn off. Turn on personalised ads or turn off personalised
1: yeah. ads. Personalised ads—that means we, you know, we look at what games you buy or apps yes. you download or music. you And listen we'll to recommend something like it. And yeah. we'll try to recommend things we think are useful. If you turn it off, you'll just get random. Stuff, yeah,
2: and our experience is if you turn it on, you'll they'll just show you things you've already bought,
1: yeah, quite likely. If it's <laughs> anything like Amazon, so just turn yes. it off, show me random stuff. I'm not, oh, no this comments. is a
2: really interesting vacuum cleaner, yeah. I bought that last
1: week, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go, Apple. Are, um, I assume you know, I'm pretty much assuming what they're doing there is. Uh, forestalling any attempt as people to say, well, they don't do the same for themselves. They put them uh, yeah, in that Yeah, I'm sure. You, know, you make us ask people to track if we can be tracked. So anyway, they've
2: introduced a screen that says, do you want personalised ads? Yes or no? There we are. Um, uh, The the only trouble with all these um questions about uh, about security and about you know being tracked is most people won't read them. They'll just click on OK. Yeah. Um, most of the people I know, who are older people, were uh, they, they don't even read. They get themselves so confused because part of the reason they get so confused is simply because they don't read what pops up in front of them. No. And they'll ring me up and they say, I've had a message. And I'll say, well, what's the message? And they say, oh, I don't know. I just clicked on OK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, for some of us, it's good that they're asking. But the rest of us, um, well, I mean, it doesn't make any difference because you don't really care.
1: I <laughs> mean, um, Slight aside, but there was a message on our um mug user group message board uh, yesterday. That can't remember now. But um, a guy posted like, you know, everybody, can I just check here? I, you know, I was I went to a site and I got this big pop-up saying your Mac is infected with you know extreme viruses. Download Norton, you know, antivirus here to clean it up. And without thinking, I clicked OK, and it took me to a site, and I didn't like the look of it. So then I you know, shut that, opened the browser again, went to um, the Norton Semantic site, downloaded Norton free trial and ran it and I ran malware bytes and my machine's clean. You know, have I done the right thing? Like, yes, you've done exactly the right thing. You know, that was almost certainly a scam. It took you to a fake-looking Norton site where you would download something that was trojaned or infected and then you'd be in Uh,
2: trouble. I think these days the ones that are far more nefarious and probably far more effective are the text message ones from delivery companies oh yeah um so i had one this morning um, um hold on a minute i'm just going to read the uh, the address to you cuz well, i'm not sure you know everyone would look at this so it says um, sorry we missed you today please visit hermes.tracking-online-reschedule.com <laughs> Yeah, which isn't Hermes. Most definitely isn't Hermes. Of course it uh, And so well, I mean, it for those a, of you, you know, I expect most of our listeners know, but for those of you who don't know, if it's Hermes, it'll have Hermes.com on the end of it. Yep. Or somewhere end in it, it'll have Hermes.com, um, usually but at looks, the end. that
1: looks, you know, that looks enough like. It does. Because, it, it you does, know, at a quick glance, problem. it says Hermes slash tracking slash rescheduling slash whatever and it That's looked, right. and if wherein, if
2: if it had got if it had got hermes.com/ then it would be um, valid you know then that that would be perfectly acceptable that would that is hermes the, the trouble is it's it's difficult to explain this to the average guy in the street isn't it mm, it is it is
1: um Another story, cautionary tale, Um, a guy I know, um, I bumped into the other day, and, you know, how are you going? And he said, oh, all right, except my bank account got hacked. And I said, oh, blimey, you know, what happened? He goes, oh, well, I got an email saying, you need to renew your TV license. And he said, so I went and filled it in. and The next thing I know, my bank account is out empty because, of course, they'd got all his details. They'd got his name, his address. Credit card details because he'd filled it in and then he went oh well I've been had and I you know yeah I mean do you, do
2: you know um, in some ways there are some companies that don't help themselves so I I've twice recently uh, because I've started going back to the dentist again um because I delayed it you know all during the lockdowns and whatever um uh, they've been sending me an email and I'm sure it's them it looks it looks a a bona fide um email from Booper, And it says, we need to update your personal details. And when you click, so I have clicked on it and I started to fill it in and then realized just how much information they wanted to know. Yeah. And they wanted name, address. They wanted, you know, your medication details. They wanted lots of stuff. Yeah. And what it did is it it took you to a Google Doc. Mm. So I'm pretty sure it's it's kosher. But But there's no way I was going to, no way in a million years I'm going to fill
1: that in. So, yeah, my and mate. It's of off course. link.
2: It's off a link in the email. And, you know, I feel if they, when I go, they say you still haven't given us this information. I'm going to say, look, Booper need to not put the link in the email. They yeah. need to be directed to a website and then taken from there.
1: Um, who Was it Some somebody, a similar tale, I think this was on Twitter, somebody posted, um, you know, a genuine... Email. I think it might have been from Amazon, but um, you know what they said was, "Look, if we're going to teach people how to avoid scams, then kosher companies need to stop sending out emails that look like the scam ones do." Not, They're not scams yes. it.
0: <laughs> So
1: they've reported it. But I think it was Amazon, and I, I I can't remember. It might not have been Amazon. It might have been somebody else. So you know, I'm not pointing the fingers here. But the point was, they they said, "Oh, I I wrote back to them and said." You know, you do realise this looks exactly the same as the sort of scam emails we get all the time claiming to be from Amazon or and
2: And, and or these are quite big companies. Yeah. Yeah, these, are, these aren't these are nights These are big companies and they should know better. And they should know better. So yeah,
1: a bit later, they said, oh, I got a response. And it was like, thank you for pointing this out to us. We will be reviewing our policy on, you know, uh, communicating to customers. Because, yeah, you're right, this is not helping if it, you know if we send out things like that, that's how scammers get away with it. They send things that yeah, look like absolutely they come from Amazon or eBay or your bank or whatever and that you know I mean most of the good ones will have a thing saying, please visit you know log into your account and do this and do that uh, yeah. you know and then yeah, precisely. we will never send you a link and we won't do this, and we won't ask you for this, that and the other. but um there we are um so. Uh, ha, ha, ha. What else Sorry, we, we went getting... down a bit of a rabbit hole there, Well, it we? doesn't matter. doesn't matter, does it? That's <laughs> that's good. It's good. Um, But, yeah, that is true. You know, I mean, I get them all the time, the things about your parcel has been, re- you know, taken back to the depot. Yes.
2: Yeah, I'm getting more and more of them as well.
1: There we are. And some of them look very, very you know, some of them are farcically bad, but some of them look very, very convincing. Except... Yes. It's highly unlikely that any, you know, I know I've got no parcels coming, so you can go get stuff. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that or Bank of America, please log into your account and give us your details. Oh, well, that's very, that's very kosher, isn't it? I don't bank with Bank of America. I'm not even in America, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> there we are. But, you know, I guess if I send out a million of them, some of them are going to hit people who might be tricked. This is how it works.
2: Yeah, well, that's right. Shot yeah, you done. only need a small number. You only need a small number,
1: so and yeah, and to go back to my mate, yeah, he spoke to his bank immediately when he realised what had happened, and uh, they locked his account and said all his money would be returned. Um,
2: and, oh, that's good.
1: And the, the bloke, apparently, the bloke he spoke to at the bank said, "Yeah, we've had a whole spate of those this week. So if you're listening to this and you get a thing saying your TV license needs to be renewed in the UK, don't click it, don't follow it; it's a scam." Um, so he was protected, thankfully. Um, as a follow-on from that, yeah, having found his bank account had been um, hacked, he tried to use his credit card to draw out some cash to carry him over the weekend and found they'd done his credit card as well.
2: Ah, uh, right.
1: Because once they got into his bank account, I assume they managed to get his uh, credit card details and away they went. Oh, dear. But anyway, there we are. Uh, he, he was covered. He was just said, I had to borrow some money off my mum till the bank sent me money back. There we go. Um,
2: I I mean, I find it, um, I mean, some of the banks actually do a really good job of of protecting our security. In fact, most of them do. Uh, We're very lucky in the UK that we don't have banks that are like local banks like they have in um, America. That must be a nightmare. Um, But um, so I I had to pay someone for some, um, I've had a new shower and uh, some electrical work done and I to, he asked me to pay directly into his bank account, which I was happy to do. Um, but with the Nationwide now, they make you, when you're setting up a new payee, they make you use a card reader. So you, you go onto the website, you log into your online banking, and then you you have to put the card reader in, in it and it gives you a number and you have to type that number into the website and then the website gives you another number, which you then have to type into the card reader and then it will allow you to set it up. And I thought, well, it's a faff, but at yeah. least they're doing the right thing to protect me. So that's good.
1: Yep, that's true. Um, what else have we got? Um, let's move on to the music one, because this was quite interesting, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Apple yeah. Applies... Well, as, as,
2: a, as a classical music uh, person... person yeah. I'm not, but I just found it
1: interesting for other reasons. Um, Apple has acquired PrimePhonic and will fold it into Apple Music, according to Apple Magazine. Um, Engadget has Apple is building a classical music streaming app after buying PrimePhonic, and Apple acquires classical streaming service, uh, which was on Billboard. Um, PrimePhonic it appears, is a fairly successful classical music streaming service, um, popular apparently in the UK, Netherlands and the US. Um, And Apple have snapped them up. And as we record, yeah, I, mean, I,
2: I must admit, I have seen them before. I have been quite tempted, but I think I thought they were a bit expensive. Okay, so um, I can't remember. I can't remember now, but uh, no, but I didn't end up, didn't subscribing. End up subscribing.
1: Anyway, um, and the Prime Phonic service will apparently be shutting down as of tomorrow. Uh, today being the sixth, as we record, um, and as far as I can tell, Apple will be incorporating some of uh, Prime Phonics' technology into Apple Music and next year say they will launch another standalone app uh, for classical music. I'm assuming there'll be, you know, an Apple classical music app.
2: Yeah, maybe so. Or just... Knowing Apple, they'll just call it classical or something.
1: Well, possible, possible. <laughs> uh, Apple classic, classical. I love, I,
2: I love the, I love this quote. to speaking of this acquisition, Oliver Schusser or Schusser, I'm not quite sure how you say that. Apple's vice president of Apple Music and Beat said, "We love and have respect." Sorry, I'm doing an American accent. I'll stop. <laughs> we, we love and have a deep respect for classical music. I'm not sure you can have respect for classical music. Can you? You have a respect mm-hmm. for a person, surely. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I just thought that that's typically Apple speak, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. It (laughs) is.
1: Uh, Anyway, it says here, Prime Phonic has become a fan favourite for classical enthusiasts. Oliver Schusser, I think that is, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Probably. Uh, We're bringing great new classical features to Apple Music, and in the near future, we'll deliver a dedicated classical experience that will truly be best in the world. Which is apparently,
2: this, you know, a reborn uh, Prime phonic yeah. type app. Um, that remains to be that remains to be seen because yes, it um, does. I, I mean, don't get me don't get me wrong. When iTunes worked, it was wonderful. Yes, um, but. Um, it's never really been best of... It hasn't been best of class for quite a long time. No, so
1: there we go. It's be interesting
2: um, to see what they come up with.
1: I mean, the, my main takeaway, and what interested me about this, rather than... Um, because, you know, you're interested in classical music and you're a classical musician. I am neither of those things particularly. Um, but what in, I was interested in was the fact that the main reason to acquire them seems to be for their... Um, Metadata classification skills slash technology, right? Because yeah. as as we were saying before the show, Nick, you know, classical music is not you cannot sort classical music by the same kind of criteria you sort popular music by. Yeah, you know, because um, in
2: some ways, even though there are albums, in some ways, albums are a little bit of a an anathema to classical music. Quite often, you'll have um, back in the old record days when you used to have your record it would often have just one piece of music you know a, a, a symphony or a, it might have a symphony and a short piece or uh um, so unlike an album of songs where you might get 20 or 30 songs you might only get one piece of music effectively mm, indeed so it's it, it it doesn't quite fit the the mold
1: no indeed um, which is where streaming, of course, I guess would be a great advantage to classical music, you could, because you know, yes. rather than having to have your music, you know, if you've got a long symphony, rather than having it on a double album or a double CD, where you have to stop in the middle, um, you can just stream the whole piece, no matter how long it is.
2: Um, That's right. I mean, if it's something like Marlon 9, which goes at a, it <laughs> I remember going to hearing it once. I remember going hearing in a concert once, and I thought, "Is it ever going to end? No enough. <laughs> it does seem to go on for a long time."
1: Is it, it, it the King of Bavaria? There are only so many notes you can hear in an evening. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I, I think it was the King of. I'm Bavaria. sure I've just
2: upset lots of Milo nine fans, but yeah. there we go
1: each to their
2: own obviously <laughs> each to their own indeed but, um, I actually and... quite like the fact that I actually uh, some a lot of people felt that when Classic FM came out that it was a bit it was sacrilegious almost um that you were breaking up music and only playing parts of it and uh, and all that sort of stuff. Well, I, I was never that uh, snobby, in all honesty, about classical music. Uh, and I actually like the fact that with Classic FM, you get a little bit, you know, you have five minutes there and you'll have ten minutes there and you'll have... I like that. And, and yeah. of course, you know, having that in an electronic format means that you could just say, play me some random music and you just get all sorts of stuff.
1: Yeah, indeed. Um, I mean, the main thing, as we were saying before, is, you know, classical music... It can't really be simply, uh, you know, um, sorted by the kind of criteria you use for popular music. You know, with popular music, you probably get artists, album, yes. uh, you know, genre, uh, whether it's live or not, whether it's a remix. But with classical music, you know, even the same piece, I don't know, let, let's just go with, you know, Beethoven's Fifth, because everybody's heard yep. Beethoven's Fifth. If you say, all right, Beethoven's Fifth, then you're going to say, okay, um... Who's the conductor? Where was it recorded? Who's the soloists? Um,
2: there are no soloists in Beethoven's fifth, but well, I'll, I'll let that one pass but okay <laughs> okay who, okay. who I know plays, what you're saying
1: you know all right, who's the lead timpanist? you know whatever <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes um, or, uh, and and you might want to know um how long is it yes. You, you know, do You get that with uh, I, th- I think you get. I think you do get that, don't you? With uh, with the uh, pop music, with pop music, how long uh, the you, tracks are, but you know, probably. That's right, but more you're right. It. I mean, yes, you could have what orchestra is it? Yes, exactly. Um, you know, because there might but, be a particular recording you like, or uh, well, that's the whole um, thing,
1: isn't it? You know, yeah. there are what endless, year was it recorded in? <laughs> well, endless variations, as it were, on the same pieces, because. Yeah. You know, well-known pieces of classical music get played over and over and over, but by different orchestras with different conductors in different what's What's quite interesting is
2: there used to be a program on Classic FM, and I can't remember what it was called, and I only heard it a couple of times, where the guy would take different pieces of of a symphony, say, and he'd play different versions. And what was quite fascinating was that sometimes the speed could be very different. Um, uh, so the opening of Beethoven's Fifth. Sorry, folks, I'm going to sing here. Mm. <laughs> the, the opening of Beethoven's Fifth could be... Bah, 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 bah. You can hit, listen to another version. It'll be... Bah, 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 bah. Bah, 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 bah. yeah, uh, and and sometimes the pieces can be significantly quicker depending on who the conductor is, and yeah, uh, and this particular program I used to listen to used to compare them, and it was it was actually th- really interesting.
1: I think that would be actually re- really rather fascinating, to be honest. Um, yes, you know, uh, I used to, as I say, I am not a, a classical music person, but i I think it was the World Service used to have a series called "How to Listen to Classical Music." um oh right which was a sort of a beginner's introduction to classical music so when he was talking about how to listen to classical music what he was talking about right you know the the standard kind of forms you know like the intro and um this is a bridge and
2: yes the recapitulation and, all those kind and, of and things all those yeah.
1: kind of things yeah you know and, um they talked about um counterpoint and um
2: Oh yes, counterpoint and all those Yeah, sort of get thing. a lot in Baroque music. Yeah,
1: and so it was a lot of you know it was kind of attempting to teach ignoramuses like me, um, what to listen out for. You know things like like themes and uh, reprises and uh, all that sort of thing. Anyway, yeah. there we go. So um, if you are a classical music fan. Hopefully, Apple will be bringing a dedicated uh, classical music experience to you. Hopefully, with uh, classifications that actually work. uh, You know, courtesy. Well, let's hope so.
2: Yes, let's hope. Let's hope that if the if the hope. Hopefully, then dear, spit it out, Nick. Hopefully, they're not going to just use the standard um, Apple search engine. Otherwise, it'll be play me some Beethoven. Yes. Okay, I'll play you some Bach. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Well no! I think
1: I think that's the whole point of um yeah. The whole point of uh, purchasing this prime phonic. So there we go. That's good. That's good. Um
2: Interesting. Yeah, it'll be it'll, I wonder if they'll charge separately for it or whether it'll just be included. Hmm. Interesting. They haven't actually, mentioned they haven't cost mentioned. Stuff, right?
1: Nobody said anything at the moment. Um, I mean, folding well, it, just it gets... in would just yeah. Mean hopefully, it just gets added it to, in. Added in, but possibly with its own app or yeah. You know. It
2: might. It might tempt me to uh, to. Um... To resubscribe to Apple Music for a while and see what it's like. See what it's when, like when it comes out.
1: When it comes out, um, they're saying sometime in twenty twenty two. Although how quickly they will actually add a you know classical section to Apple Music, it's hard to say. Apple being
2: Apple, um, I mean there are cl- there's already classical category, isn't there? But
1: is yeah. there? I don't subscribe. I don't think. I think, I think there is. Though. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it's... But all the reasons
1: but people have said... Yes, hopefully it'll hopefully improve is. it anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I've got one here, and I don't think we're going to bother to talk about it, actually. Apple 13's rumoured satellite link sounds like it's just for emergencies. If you follow this, there's this rumour has broken out that the iPhone 13 may have some kind of access to satellite technology. And, um, well... it's
2: so that Th- It's so that Thunderbird 5 can tell where you are. When you're well,
1: in exactly. your emergency. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get into that, to be honest. There, there's, there's speculation all over
2: the place. So there is about, a rumour that there'll be a satellite thing of some sort.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, uh, there's also a lot of speculation that somehow it will be some kind of very limited emergency sort of band that where there's no cell coverage, you can kind of do right. SOS or something. It's all very vague.
2: Hell pump stuck in the jungle. Yeah, Yeah, that kind of thing. That kind of thing,
1: yeah. Um, That'd be cool if it does. um, It's all speculation, I'll be honest. Um, If you're interested, it go search the web, because the stories range from Apple bringing satellite communications to iPhone down to, um, you know, Apple may introduce a satellite S.O.S., of thing, and, you know, imagine like when you do the when you click the phone now and bring up the sos thing that they might, be yes. a kind of send sos just in case you're in a, in a low,
2: a low signal area or something, yeah. yeah. But, um,
1: there's no details about that, it's pure, pure rumor, truth be told. Um, Rogue Amoeba have uh, released a new version of Fission, their uh lightweight audio editor, and now uh, that's their that was their last app still in the Apple. Uh, you know, Mac App Store, and they've pulled it. So now, um, you can only get Rogue Amoeba products directly from Rogue Amoeba. Oh, is this
2: because it, it, is this because it uses system stuff? Yes, it's mostly, mostly, they,
1: they, the Apple. App rules pretty much make what rogue amoeba apps do um, illegal. Almost
2: impossible in, in
1: the app store <laughs> because yeah. they rely on um, a kernel extension called uh, Audio Capture Engine, um, which Apple don't prohibit. Oh, yes, I
2: remember us talking about this before. Yes, they yeah, don't, I, don't. I was just reminding myself what it was. They don't. Fast and lossless audio editing.
1: Yeah, they don't. Um, they don't prohibit those things, but they they're prohibited on the app store to a large extent. <clears throat>
2: Uh, uh, there we are. So it's got batch conversion as well. It does Quite all useful. sorts
1: of things. It's a, it's a nice, you know. Um, I've got it. I actually use it to put the chapters into the show.
2: Oh, right, okay. I
1: don't use it as an editor, but it does have the ability to um take your tags from other places and then export uh, a chapterized AAC or a chapterized. Uh, MP3, which is what puts a chapter. Oh right, in, okay. In the
2: so it's uh thirty five dollars in the in the so uh, in the, in the, uh, in the Rogue store. Yeah, for vision be... or eighty four dollars if you want Audio Hijack bundle with it. Mm, there we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay,
1: it's a yeah, it's um. I mean, I prefer to use Audacity for my editing because it's it has more features, but you know it's yeah. a it's a very good. Um, it's a very good audio editor if you want to do simple stuff without Yeah, a doubt. I think
2: we've talked about audio editors before and how complicated they are. <laughs> they,
1: can, they can range yeah. from very complicated to very simple. Fission yeah. is definitely at the um, simpler end.
2: Simpler end.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's very, um, very much targeted at doing simple audio editing.
2: Uh what else
1: have we got? Apple Arcade is to get an exclusive Lego Star Wars game,
2: apparently. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure the Americans will love that. I'm not that um, enamoured of Lego particularly, but
1: <laughs> well, the, bizarrely, the Lego games um are often uh better than the games they ape. To be fair. <laughs>
2: Oh right, <laughs> that's interesting.
1: Um, my boy, he's not so mad at it now, but he had a, a a Lego Star Wars game, and it had CPO and you know all the rest of them in it, and it was very very funny. Um, and it
2: it's Le- all the usual Lego sort of- Star Wars battles.
1: Yeah, anyway, there you go. It's, it's going to be exclusive to um, Apple Arcade where, because the Lego Lego, and Lego Star Wars games are very popular on PlayStation and consoles. And right, and yeah. On. And that can be very, very funny, I have to admit. They uh, they did a Batman one, which was pretty hilarious.
2: Oh, they are, yeah, they are funny. I, I mean, I've, yeah. the stuff I've seen on YouTube, you know, about, about the, the Lego stuff, they are very good.
0: Yeah.
1: So there you go. Um Apple have made season one of TV plus mystery drama Home Before Dark Free to Watch. I believe they they've done that before, haven't they? They've made the season of something free to watch. Yeah. Oh right, of, I
2: might watch um, that then. I'm not dr- particularly into mystery dramas, but I might give it a go. Okay. Have you free. watched that one?
1: I haven't. I haven't, but I hear it's very good. Um I'm not sure. Um, I think they're making this free to everybody as a kind of you know
2: yeah uh, come and come and have a taster uh, yeah kind of lost I thought lost leader
1: um, right home before dark is a drama series about Hildy Lisco a child journalist who published a newspaper called Orange Street News in her hometown of Selinsgrove Pennsylvania um, okay Probably good yeah, oh, based I, on I, a well, true story, story apparently oh in real life oh, right uh, Hildy. L- Lizzie was the first to report on a murder in her town of Selinsgrove, which gave her paper uh, national and international media attention. For a limited time, well, you, you can watch season one of Home Before Dark for free, exclusively on Apple TV Plus. So I guess that's a sort of lost leader slash. Uh...
2: Well, if I like it, then that means I've, I'll want I want to watch that. If there's another series of it, yes, yeah, um, so the second one is I'll, coming I'll, or is uh, launching. I'll want to watch the second series of. Um... Ted Lasso. Yep. So you know the, the the things are stacking up, and as soon as I've got four or five of them, I'll probably subscribe exactly. for a month too. <laughs> um,
1: season two premiered June eleventh, so season two is out. So that's a
2: Oh, right, okay. Oh um, well, that that's fair enough. I'll 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 have a look at that definitely. And of course. Um,
1: Foundation, which I'm looking forward to, should be coming soon.
2: Oh, right. Okay. Yes, I'd, I'd probably find that interesting as well.
1: September so. 24th, I think they said, if I recall off the top of my head. Um,
2: oh. I can, now, I can see Christmas being interesting.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, now, Nick, if you remember, last week we had a story about uh, which we didn't go into. We only mentioned because we pulled it because it wasn't really much of a story. Which was the one about TSMC increases chip prices by ten to thirty percent. Yes. And we said, Ooh, and then it, and it was kind of uh, clickbaity, implying that it was Apple a bit
2: rumory. Yeah.
1: That Apple would immediately hike the price of you know their product. Um I put this one in because uh WCCF Tech have a story uh which I think was published today which is um TSMC increased its 5 nanometer chip prices for Apple by only 3% as it expects higher volume of orders. So there you go, which is what <laughs>
2: so co- not not as horrible and, and terrible as we thought it was going to be.
1: Well, it's what we said, isn't it? What I said is, you know, Apple are a huge part of TSMC's customer base, and I'm sure they've yeah. negotiated better deals. And everybody else is probably getting their prices jacked up for supply and demand, whilst uh, TSMC continue to feed Apple with the chips they want. So there we go. Um Surely good. So that's. You know, they're imp- they are increasing the prices, as I understand, for everybody else, but from between ten and thirty percent, depending on just what just. Okay, chips but they are.
2: rely too much on Apple to upset them. Is that what it is?
1: Well, I suspect they've uh, negotiated a deal. <laughs> you know, yes, I, it would not surprise me if Apple hadn't secured a deal of some kind when they went in and said, "We want chips, all these chips, and we're going to need them, and we'll make oh, a five-year yes, I, yeah. deal." And they're you not,
2: know, they're not, they're not renegotiating. There and then, and then saying, okay, from next week it'll be. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Apple
1: to... may well have even I'm sure had be... a clause of, you know, we're prepared to accept a 3% per annum increase yeah. in prices or whatever. Um, well,
2: we know, we know that Apple have their own personal um, bevy of uh, legal. Lawyers. Yeah. Representation. Don't anyway, we, there though.
1: you go. So uh, there we go. That's a follow-up, a sort of a follow-up to the story we didn't do. Um and this 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 other one, this is this one's quite fun, and I expect a lot of listeners have heard about it. Apple TV pays off Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKelleny in biscuits, uh, from the Mac Observer and elsewhere. Um and if you don't know, uh in Ted Lasso, um Higgins who is the uh, what the club owner's assistant, personal assistant, I guess. Um, made a joke about uh, Wrexham AFC being bought by Ryan Reynolds and Rob McUh I think that is. Um he plays Ian in uh, or Ian as he pronounces it in Mystic, Mystic Quest Mythic Quest. He's the boss of the company Mythic Quest oh, right. in yeah, the yeah, show, yeah, yeah. which is another Apple T V show. Um and uh, he made a joke about them being unlikely buyers of Wrexham AFC. And um, they, uh, in retort, sent um, a spoof cease and desist, which said um, something along the lines, uh, we bear no ill will towards Higgins, but would prefer if the show would cease and desist from the casting of doubt regarding our commitment to the club, the fans and the Wrexham community. And uh, they demanded... That they would, uh, yes, to avoid legal action, please send two large boxes of Ted Lasso biscuits to the racecourse ground, (laughs) uh, Wrexham, before the Wrexham season begins on Saturday. Well, they didn't actually get them by Saturday, but uh, Apple then tweeted... biscuits on the way uh, in response to this um, and you know and uh, now uh, it's, it's all over the web Apple TV pays off Ryan Reynolds and Rob McEl- McElhenney um, and they've sent them I believe 50 boxes of uh, homemade buttery shortbread Ted Lasso Biscuits I
2: I hadn't heard that story at all that's good I like it when companies have a little bit of a sense of humour
1: Apple TV proved itself willing to settle out of court it took to Twitter letting Reynolds and McKinney know the team of 2,000 lawyers are furiously baking as we speak Like Rui Kent, hard packaging on the outside, but soft goodness on the insides. Biscuits on the way. So anyway, apparently they sent them 50 biscuits, 50 boxes of Ted Lasso biscuits. So that's all, <laughs> all a good bit of a laugh and a bit of a promo. Yeah. Um, both, of course, for Ted Lasso and Mythic Quest. I think in there, um, oh yes, in the letter which they sent, uh, uh, we are honoured to be mentioned on the platform, which has brought us all high quality programming, ranging from Mythic Quest Season 1 to Mythic Quest Season 2. <laughs> so, you know, all a, all a bit of an yeah. in-house joke, but... Uh, Jolly good. Very nice. Um Let's move on. What else have we got? Uh, apps used by children must now meet new UK privacy standards. Uh, I think that started today. Mm, oh no, maybe that was maybe it was last week. Anyway, um, the Children's Code, formerly known as the Age Appropriate Design Code, came into force last year, but developers and online services were allowed a grace period to bring their apps into compliance. Uh, This requires a number of measures to be implemented, beginning with high default privacy for the app. Um, this code is not a new law, but it represents the UK privacy watchdog's view of how GDPR applies to apps and online services used to children. Um, okay, s- that's good. A set of 15 flexible standards which do not ban or specifically prescribe, which provides built in protection for children to explore, learn, and play online, ensuring the best interests of the child are the primary consideration when designing and developing online services. Um, Apps not deemed to comply will be subjected to full privacy audit by the Information Commissioner's Office, which can impose high fines for breaking the GDPR protection. So there you go. I don't think Yeah, that's we all a know bad.
2: we all know about GDPR. <laughs>
1: yes, but um you know. Let's uh I don't for once I don't think that's a particularly bad thing. Just uh
2: No, no, of course not. No, that's that's good. That anything that's adding levels of protection for children. Well, I mean,
1: i've 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 had a look at this, and what good thing you know, we all know that sometimes politicians or these government bodies, you know, go from doing nothing to going well overboard and banning yes. this, that, and the other. In this case, they appear to be a fairly sensible set of uh, guidelines about how children should be protected, such as, you know... So they're,
2: they're effectively, they're interpretive guidelines, aren't they, from the GDPR, effectively? So someone's are. taken the GDPR and looked at it and said, okay, this is how it applies to apps and whatever. Yes,
1: and particularly to children, you know, that they should have the highest level of privacy set by default and, you know, yeah. the, the, you should collect the absolute minimum amount of data from them and so on and so forth.
2: Jolly good. I don't think any of us will complain about I that. I
1: don't think any of us are going to complain about that one, uh, Google's new AI photo upscaling tech is jaw-dropping. This one was on Petapixel, and um, it is absolutely stunning. I have to admit. Um, do you remember for the uh, the show around the houses? I found a rather low-res image of uh, Noddy in Toy Town, and I yeah. used the I used the PixelMate AI Super Res to make it considerably better. So that it was actually usable for show art, which isn't particularly big, but even so, you know, it improved it no end. It didn't look like Lego blocks. Um, Google have used a new technique to turn uh, sort of really grotty um, 64 by 64 uh, uh, pixel images into sort of 1024 by 1024 or bigger uh, portraits. Um, you've got to go and look at the website to see just how bloody amazing. So, is this it is. is
2: this available for everyone to use, um, or is it only something that they?
1: Right, uh, it, high fidelity image generation using diffusion models um, is shared by the brain team about breakthroughs they've made in image super resolution. And a right. machine learning model is trained to turn low res photos into a detailed high res photo.
2: Um, it is very impressive. I'm not sure. I mean. It would be really nice for everyone to have this technology because I'm sure there's a lot of us and particularly those of us who were in the early days of of, of digital cameras where we have stuff that is actually only a few, me- you know, one megapixel or two megapixels uh, and being able to apply this to them would be brilliant. So
1: what we've got here... If what it- that's-
2: Make it, if they make it available.
1: Uh, what it says is, the first approach is called SR3, or super-resolution via repeated refinement. Uh, super-resolution diffusion model takes a low-resolution image, builds a corresponding high-resolution image from pure noise. Um, the model is trained on an image corruption process which noise is progressively added to a high-resolution image until only noise remains. It then learns to reverse the process, starting from pure noise and progressively removing it to reach a target distribution. (coughs) And then um, what they've done is they then added uh, another level which is called CDM, uh, a class conditional diffusion model trained on ImageNet data to generate high-resolution images uh, it's a cascaded multiple diffusion uh, model. So basically, what they're doing is they're not trying to go from sixty-four by sixty-four pixels all the way up to say to you know twenty fifty-six by twenty fifty-six in one jump. You basically yeah. use the same. And, the, and they're
2: also go on. You, yeah,
1: you use this this sort of SR3 technique but progressively so you go from yes. 64 to 256. Uh, and then once
2: they apply this CDM, it's basically saying this is what if it's a face, this is what a face should look like. Yes. So, and and uh, and refining it to make it look properly like a face. <laughs> yeah. So, um that's really clever, isn't it?
1: It is both uh, amazing and terrifying um but it, it yes it really is getting a bit like uh you know zooming
2: in enhance,
1: zooming in enhance. Oh, oh
2: yes on the uh on the on the police things on telly yeah you know yes. where they yeah think... could you just zoom in on that about you know 15 million percent
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> um Right, it says here, the results are impressive (coughs) despite having a few errors such as gaps in the frames of glasses, etc. Although they would likely pass as an original photograph for most viewers at first glance. With uh, SR3 and CDM, we've pushed the performance of diffusion models to state-of-the-art on super-resolution and class conditional image-net generation benchmarks. Um, So at the minute, this is a technique, not something likely to be... um, Yes. But it will be coming... I'm sure something
2: something will come out of it, yes, I'm sure.
1: And actually, in the comments, in the comments, exactly what you said. uh, This is why I do not delete my old photos, especially with RAW. New algorithms breathe new life into old 6 megapixel shots from 2005. Yeah,
2: Um, cool.
1: And then somebody's replied to that, all my 640 pixel shots from 1996,
2: Um, (laughs) and so on. Uh, Yeah, that's... But really that's interesting, interesting and very clever. So, very clever indeed.
1: And yes, yeah, do go look at the pictures. They are bloody amazing. Um, particularly where they show you the sort of grotty low res image and how it's turned them into very, very uh, realistic looking photographs. Ah, oh, dear. Um, Windows 11 will be available on October the 5th, apparently. For all those who care about that, That'll that's the good. official launch date. <laughs> yeah. I know, that's that's it. Um Instagram is to require users to provide their date of birth, according to back rumours. Um I'm surprised it doesn't already, to be honest. Yeah. That um, seems
2: to be a bit of an omission, doesn't
1: because, it? Because I mean I know everybody lies, but in theory you're not supposed to have a Facebook account before you're thirteen. Um, I don't think you're supposed to have a Twitter account until you're 13. Everybody who wants to do it just lies through their teeth and just adds 20 <laughs> years to their age. But you know, um, yes, whatever. There was
2: a, there was some um ways of sort of combating that, weren't there? A while ago, I remember them talking about that they would ask age relevant question, and you had to get so many right before they'd allow you to to log in. Ooh. Oh, I can't the, remember what that was. Not I can't remember though, what that. it was. It was a long time ago.
1: I know. I know. At one point, the government were talking about having some sort of universal age verification system, and then we're going to pay a porn company to manage it. <laughs> uh, unsurprisingly, failed at, at the first hurdle miserably because it was stupid,
2: stupid, Indeed. stupid, stupid. Um. So, would you like to hear before we close out? Because we're getting near to there, aren't we? We are getting near to the end, indeed. Would you Would you like to hear about my experiences at Fully Charged Live? We would outside? indeed.
1: We would very much indeed <laughs> Nick, like to hear about. I mean, particularly as you also test drive the EC4. So I'd be interested to hear what you uh, have. The, you know what you felt about it.
2: So I, um, so I booked this ages ago. Um, I've been to the previous two Fully Charged, um. And for those of you who don't know, obviously from its name, it's about electric cars, but it's also about renewable energy. So it, it, it's, it's all around the green renewable energy um, sector. So there's a lot of stuff there that isn't car related as well, like solar and infrared heating was one that I thought looked quite interesting. Um, uh, uh, and all 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 the batteries and all that sort of stuff. Oh,
1: Oh, uh, before, so there- before, before you carry yeah. on, Nick, because you've reminded me something, and you know what will happen, I'll completely forget what it was if I don't say it now. <laughs> Have did okay. you did you see the um, the piece this week about the bike by wire? Um, oh, I didn't design. Really? Okay, the idea is that uh, an electric bicycle it has no longer has any. Um, physical connection between the crank which you pedal yeah. and the wheels rather than a chain or a belt or a drive shaft or what you know set of gears or yes. anything else the idea is that the pedals are a generator so as you pedal you are turning a generator you know a bit like the old-fashioned dynamo on your bike back in the yeah, day so
2: some resistance yeah
1: Yep. yeah yep. and apparently the resistance can be set by the user to what they want um and this generates electricity, which is then fed, uh, you know, to the hub motor on the back wheel by wires, obviously. And then that electricity is turned back into motion. So,
2: oh, interesting.
1: Now, no, I'd not seen that at all. That's um, yeah, that was a piece, and it, uh, I forget what it was called, and it, it uses some particular technique which i also forget now but i read it and it was interesting but my immediate thought was i'm not sure how efficient that would be because obviously a, a chain or a belt is a very efficient way of transferring the energy you put in by your legs into yeah i would have rotation thought so. of the back wheel but you know how much energy loss are you going to get by converting it to electricity then passing it to another motor um
2: not only that in the u k at the moment, I think that would be illegal because you have to be turning the bicycle at the moment it's if it's if it's power driven without any it's a difficult one isn't it it, it... If it's power driven without any input from you, then it's classed as a motorcycle, not as a bicycle. So there has to be some input from you. And I suppose there still is, I suppose there still is, really, in a way. Yeah, But does, if it, you don't pedal, but suddenly don't you've, know. Broken the, you've broken <laughs> the, the physical link between the two, haven't you? Although so, it does
1: have a battery, so there must be a point at which you can, you know, oh, my legs are tired, I'll stop pedaling for five minutes. Oh,
2: yes. Yeah, yeah. And that's true. That's true of all electric bicycles. But yeah. there has to be some input. From you to get the the vehicle the bicycle moving. Well, I think in this the first was, place
1: it won't it won't go very far without you pedalling because obviously I don't suppose it has yes. a very big battery on it. Anyway, there you go. I found oh, it I, interesting. I found yeah. it interesting, and one of the main things that they were talking about was um, not so much. Its application for bicycles, because there's a reason that bicycles tend to be the shape they are, and that's you mm-hmm. know, long evolution has proved that a double diamond type shape, um, you know, is yes,
2: it's strong and it's strong and yeah, good efficient. and
1: efficient, and the you know, the geometry works well for making it go correctly. Um, but it would allow more, you know, more experimentation in other types. Of yes, pedaled. Conveyors. Yes,
2: because one of the one of the annoying things about bicycles is oily chains, really. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so there you go. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah. I, I thought that was interesting. So you might want to look it that was. up. I'll see if I can find yeah, the link. Yeah, I might but, do. Um, right, sorry, let's go back to no, I just thought I'd mention that because I knew it would go completely out of my head otherwise.
2: Yes, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, I, I've been to um, Fully Charged before. But this was the first one, of course, because of COVID, that was outside. It's the first one they decided to have at Farnborough. Uh, And they decided to have it in Farnborough in, I think it was April 2020. And of course, it got delayed. And then they moved it to October, I think, and then it got delayed again. Uh, So I I decided I'd treat myself. and, And rather than go down on the day, I'd put myself into a hotel and treat myself a little bit. And um, it just so happens the hotel I booked into is the Holiday Inn in Farnborough, which is about half a mile from the entrance to in, uh, Farnborough International, <laughs> which is where the show was. So it was literally just onto the roundabout and then straight up the road for half a mile. And then I was I was at the show, which was brilliant. Um, and it was very nice to have cooked breakfasts and things, because I don't tend to cook breakfasts for myself. But it was nice, for, nice to have that. Uh, and I got there. As as I started out at half past nine, I got there with plenty of time to spare. There was already a queue, of course, to get in. Um, they reckoned they were going to have about ten thousand people a day over three days, um, and most of it was outside. Uh, and I was quite amazed at how they'd uh, they'd got lots and lots of these like kiosks and. Um, uh, almost like you know like tents that have like mm. a sort of point on them mm. that, that kind of thing uh, and most of it was undercover uh fortunately they didn't need it because it, uh, even though it wasn't beautiful the, the sun did shine a little bit and uh, and the weather was good and there was loads of stuff there and loads of cars so the first two i went to well the first one i went to i think there were only about seven cars you could actually buy <laughs> but now there are now there are a lot and uh, there were a lot of them there. And they were offering, if you got in early enough, because, you know, because I was amongst the first bunch to go in, I was there early enough, you could book test drives. Um, so they'd got the Polestar um which is the uh, Volvo's luxury brand. I didn't bother because I thought, there's no way I'm ever going to buy that. So they did, uh, in the instructions for these test drives, they did ask people to be considerate for those who might actually be considering buying one. Yeah. To have a test drive. Um, But I had a look through and I noticed the EC4 was there and I thought, oh, that's the one that Simon test drove, so I thought I'll see if I can get I'll get in the queue. Uh and I managed to get a test drive fairly quickly. I think I think it, the show opened at ten and at ten forty five I was driving it. That's good. Yeah. So um I liked it very much. I thought it was a very smooth ride. Um not far into the test drive there was one of those you know, like those crossings that have the um almost like um uh did they used to call them okay uh no not exactly there were ones that had the the, the stones mm. um so it, it's quite bumpy uh yes. i went over that and i could barely feel it at all i thought oh okay this is this is nice this is a good ride uh and i got a, quite a long i think it was about three quarters of an hour i got back about half past 11 um uh, so it was quite a decent drive um I had a guy sitting in the back telling me which direction to go in and which cars to follow because they were going in like a little convoy. Um, I got a chance to try out its different modes. Uh, I got a chance to try out um, all all the different buttons and things on it uh, to see how it all worked. (laughs) What did you think of the heads-up display? I thought the heads-up display was good. I thought the... um... I thought the speed was quite near the top of the heads-up display. Perhaps I'd got my seat in quite a high position. I don't know whether there's a way of adjusting the heads-up display. I don't know. To be quite, quite, it seemed to be quite near the top of the heads-up display. I could see it, but it was it was quite near the top.
1: I, I don't know if you can adjust the heads-up display, I must admit. But for, for me, and I'm quite short, um, and I yeah. didn't adjust the seat too much, it, it was kind of centred in
2: the pad. The, oh, right, the OK. Display, it's probably so just my height then. I, probably I I'm to. six foot tall. So. Yeah,
1: well, I'm five foot four, so you
2: know. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so. But anyway, apart from that, I really enjoyed the test drive. I thought it was a really comfortable car, and in in all honesty, you know, at my age, comfort matters. Indeed, uh, I'm, i whether it goes fast or not is wholly irrelevant. In all honesty, because I don't tend to drive fast. Um, I say, and I think I get, when you I drive an electric car,
1: and it was, uh, it seemed you know it seemed responsive enough, sprightly like, enough. You, yeah, you know, you don't. I don't need it to go ninety miles an hour. What you really care about is when you pull out onto the, you know, into the traffic, will it accelerate That's at right. a reasonable rate? That's you know nothing That's worse right. yeah, coming it in, up. The...
2: Flicked, it in, flicked it into sport mode, and it was quite, it was it, quite fast enough to. Yes,
1: exactly. He's got... I mean, He's let's in... put
2: it this way: most most electric cars, when the lights change when you're at the front of the queue, usually you're on the other side of the junction before anyone starts to move <laughs> behind yeah. you. Because uh, they're all getting, you know, working out their biting points and all that sort of stuff, and you are already gone. gone, uh, And indeed. you don't need a particularly powerful electric car to do that. It's just that you get all the torque straight away. All
1: the torque straight away, exactly. Um, yeah.
2: So uh, I like that very much. I enjoyed the test drive. And um, so when I got back... I had a little bit of a look around the show. Loads of stuff there, as I say. Not just cars. They've got a bus. They've got a number of um, electric vans now. Um, so I think that's going to be quite a big market when it gets yes, going.
1: Yes, very much so. Uh, very certainly, much
2: so. In the, c- certainly in the the last mile delivery stuff. Um, of course, here, and... in
1: Britain, here, here in Britain, we had those way back in the 60s. They were called milk floats.
2: Yeah. Except yeah, except these are a little bit more
1: powerful, <laughs> <than> <laughs> <a> bit. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, had poor old milk flows. Some,
2: I'm sure I had some milk when I started. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh and then a little later on I thought Maybe I'll test drive the DS3. So the DS3 is a separate company now, but it was originally part of Citroën. And it's still part of the Stellantis group, which now is Peugeot Citroën. Yeah. Very complicated, isn't it? They get taken over by all sorts of different people. Uh, But I thought, I'll give the DS3 a drive. I had heard reviews of it, and the reviews weren't glowing, I have to admit. But I quite liked it. I thought it, it was the ride was a little bit firmer than the E C four, uh but the acceleration rate was pretty good. Um it's a slightly smaller car, I think, than the E C four. It's a little bit more compact, uh and the rear of it isn't particularly good, whereas the E C four's got a little bit more space and the boots a bit better in the E C four. Um but just to throw a spanner in the works, um, so I was down there, on, I, was, I went down on Thursday evening, stayed overnight, went to the show, stayed Friday night, then came back on Saturday. Um, and just to throw a spanner in the works, one of the other cars I was wondering about buying, and which they hadn't got at the show, which was a bit annoying, on the Kia stand, they were only giving test drives to uh, the Niro. which She's is, is not a bad car, but I quite like the, uh, the slightly quirkier um, um, Soul EV. It used to be the Soul Originally the sole was electric and petrol um, but they don't supply the petrol one anymore so it's only electric now. So I, I rang up um, Kia. Yeah. No I messaged Kia on their contact form. And I was put through to a guy in not far from me, uh, and they'd got one I could test drive. So this morning, I went for a test drive, uh, and I do like it. I like it a lot. The only trouble is, it's just a little bit outside my price range, and they're bringing out a new model, which is pushing the cost up a bit, Yeah. which was a little bit disappointing. Uh, now, this has 200 and odd brake horsepower, so he said, just try it in sport mode, and <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah, yes it took me a bit by surprise i must admit i did i didn't even floor the accelerator and i said oh that's fast that's fast <laughs> thank
1: you fast enough
2: so uh i really like the soul um so i haven't made up my mind what to do about that i'm certainly not buying a new one because it's just too expensive for me at the moment um by a factor of about forty quid a month, it's too expensive. So it's not just a little bit too expensive; it's quite a lot. Yeah, um... But I might consider a I might consider a second hand one. I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. I haven't made my mind up. So yes, it's been a test driving weekend. I, I, I enjoyed it very much, and and the show was well worth visiting. Even if you've got just a little bit of interest in electric cars, you don't have to own one. No, um, it's an interesting thing to. You know. But it's an it was an interesting crowd. I mean, I think it's fair to say. That probably forty percent of the people there either had an electric car or were interested in electrics in some way. Um, they asked a few questions you know during some of the talks and like you know who owns an electric car um, who who's got solar panels who's got whatever, and uh, probably more than you'd expect stood up (laughs) to say they'd they'd got those things um so it does attract people who are interested in this kind of area obviously well of course but there was still a fair number of people there were probably more than 50 percent of people there who were just interested to find out what they were like well i mean we've also got to bear
1: in mind that although it sounds like a long way off i mean you know here in the uk and the eu they're pretty much saying that you will not be able to buy a you know, internal combustion engine vehicle after 2035, is it? No,
2: it's 2030.
1: 2030, sorry. And no, and no hybrids yeah. after 2035. So basically by 2035, right. they want all new vehicles to be purely electric, which sounds like a long time, but you know. No,
2: really. in the car industry, that's not very long. And oh, I, could not very act- long at all.
1: And I could actually see that target being not that difficult to hit. Because... yeah I,
2: I i think it's going to be one of those um um i think i may have told you this before but it probably told you it a long time ago i watched a talk once from a professor somebody i can't remember his name i'm afraid but he specialized in future futurology gazing yes. into the future futurism Fut- yes and he showed a picture of new york um uh it was a famous street in new york and i can't think it might have been fleet street at the turn of the last not the turn of the last century the turn of the century before so 1900 yep and it was full of horses and he said can you spot the car and eventually he pointed it out there was one one you know very early looking car parked in it and he said okay the next picture he showed me he showed was 1910 so 10 years later he said can you spot the horse yeah so in 10 years it had changed that that much so i think you're right i think um i think there will be an acceleration during the next few years a well, lot more people will start buying electric cars and i think it'll happen all of a sudden all uh, of a sudden you'll if you've got a petrol car you'll start thinking hold on i'm in the minority
1: well as i as i said the um you know, the salesman, when I went to look at the EC4, said to me, you know, are you interested in electric? Have you gotten electric? How long have you been interested in electric? So on. And what do you know about electric vehicles? And so on and so forth. I think he was ready there with his, you know... um with all these, you know, myth-busting quotes. <laughs> and, well, yeah. You know, they don't go very far and all that. And it, but I was like, no, you know, oh, I know this and that. And then. So, you know, I didn't have, you know, he didn't have to reel out all of his myth-busting stuff. But um as he said, you know, he said, we're selling more of these than we are of the, the petrol versions or the, the internal combustion engine. Um Partly, I think, because Citroen offering a very good deal on them. Possibly yeah. because... Citroen are a bit late to the game i said to him well if you'd had an electric one last time i changed my vehicle i probably would have gone electric then but um you didn't you know they've only just started offering electric vehicles Citroen. yes so you know they've
2: and, they've got done, you... and, and in all honesty they've done a good job um yeah. uh, it's not their first electric car i don't think i think they've probably experimented beforehand oh like yeah um, manufacturers i'm sure they have. have but they they didn't um, you
1: know that, relatively speaking, they're sort of they new to the market. Yeah, they're so, new to the game,
2: but they've done a good—they've done a good job on their first car. They've done I a think. good
1: job, I think, and um, I suspect that may mean that people who are, you know, Citroen loyal, there may be a m- r- rather more pent-up demand than for some other brands who've had electric options for a few years. But um, you know, it's an I, interesting. I, 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 I think statistic. the tipping
2: point—I think the tipping point is going to come when people start demanding that the price of electric cars comes down because i think they will eventually enough people will want to buy them that the competition will drive the prices down it will
1: it, i think what we're not
2: happen- there we're not there yet but we're not there we, yet it will get to that point But the other thing that at will- that point as soon as the parity starts to get close more and more and more people will start to buy them because it I makes sense
1: it just makes sense the other thing of course that's going to drive it is as the deadline gets ever closer more and more people will be you know, getting getting hold of fuel is likely to become ever more difficult. You know, as you as you become the minority of the market, more and more yeah. fill, filling stations quote unquote. I mean, Shell are already
2: putting in some all electric stations. Um, yes, stations. That's right. I I, uh, I stopped twice on the way down um, at service station you know at the on the services um, for obvious reasons because I because I haven't got much bladder range. <laughs> um, yeah
1: never mind battery range yeah <laughs> yes forget
2: battery range i haven't got much bladder range and uh so after about an hour i thought i think i better stop so i stopped at, i can't remember which services it was um i was on the m40 somewhere and um uh i was shocked by the price of diesel yeah <laughs> one one fifty 150, one fifty five i think they were asking Yeah. At this one petrol station? You get... Goodness gracious You get... That's over... Well, that's getting on towards £8 a gallon. You
1: get, you get, uh, you know, you get well and truly done over on the motorway anyway, but...
2: um... Oh, you always do. You always do. But, yeah, I was shocked by that, I must admit. That's a lot of money. I I just... Whereas whereas I filled up so that the... Hotel I was staying at had a rapid charger as it happened. Yeah, uh, I'd actually chosen it partly because of that, and uh, it took about an hour to charge and it cost me £7.31. Yeah, which is a lot more expensive than charging it at home. Well, of course, it is, but fine. still, £7.31 yeah. for uh, 140 miles is actually not bad, you know. But... Yeah, and at the
1: moment, you know, pretty much every day I go out in my car, I end up putting five to ten quid's worth of fuel in it.
2: Yes. Yeah, I'm afraid it, yeah. And I think it will only get worse over, as you say, the closer we get. Um, it's probably going to get more expensive still. Well,
1: it is because the oil, so. as, you know, as more people go electric, oil companies are going to want to maintain their money, so the price of fuel will just go up. It's just kind of
2: yes, because they they'll start to lose some of their economies of scale. Yeah, and then you know it's so. just going to become a vicious circle. Um, yeah, which is good, but actually. yeah, so good. I'd recommend it. Uh, I think next year it may be earlier in the year again. So uh, they were talking about April time, I think. Next year. So they're they're moving it back to where it was originally. Um so uh look out for that. It'll be called fully charged live and it may be outside or it may be not by then, who knows? Um they did ha- they did have a big giga theatre inside, which was huge. Um so this they were originally going to use this big hall. And I'm, when I say a big hall, yes, sir. I mean <laughs> aircraft several drink, sev-, sev yeah, several football pitches long. And yeah. they'd sort of separated it with, with curtains. So that it looked, so it wasn't quite that big. Uh, but there was still room for about, oh, I reckon about 3,000 people to sit down. And so everyone who went in had plenty of space and you could all, you could leave spaces between you and the people next to you. And it was well ventilated too. And, and, you know, we're talking, I don't know, 30 feet high. Yeah. The actual, the actual building it was in. So, uh, you you didn't feel enclosed even in that. uh, But they also had a a mega theatre outside, which wasn't quite so big, but it it was literally outside. that the uh, audience area was covered with a big um, tent-like thing and the stage was set back a bit away from the audience bit. It was uh, honestly, it was done really, really well, really well. So I'd recommend that if you're even a little bit interested for next year. That sounds,
1: you know, that sounds really interesting. And um, you did put some pictures in the Slack room, including the uh, the Ami, which, as you said, unfortunately, oh, yes. you didn't get to have a ride in.
2: Um... No, they weren't offering rides in the Ami. But uh, gosh, strange little thing. It, oh. I- I, I, I did say to someone what it reminded me of, because the, the plastic it's made out of is very. Uh, it almost looks like sort of someone. It's made out of um, uh, milk cartons. It's that kind. It's that kind <laughs> of plastic material, but thicker, obviously. Um, you, you know the kind of. You know the kind of um, fiberglassy doors that you have on a on a ride at a theme park. Mm. You know, it, it it looks a bit. It feels a little bit like that. Um, it's a cool little thing. I'm not sure it'll catch on in the UK. No,
1: I'm, d- I'm not, not sure. It will. Well, I mean, because the rules in the UK probably don't allow you to drive it without a license and all the other things which make it. Yes, because in France
2: they can. Uh, the kids can drive it, can't they? The yeah. teenagers. Instead of allowed... having a
1: moped, you know. Yes. So uh yeah it's aimed at a very specific market segment and i think to some extent it's um peculiar possibly to france
2: yeah uh so the other cars that were there the ionic five was there uh, no I, I, the ionic no it is called five the ionic five which is a very cool car and really quite big uh vehicle um but outside well outside my price range um it's what it's one of those that you, you've got adjustable rear seats, so you you can actually move the seats forward and back in the rear, which is strange, and 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 they'll also lie right back, which is a bit weird. But it's one of these with multiple screens on the front of it, you know, and uh, very high tech. Uh, the Hyundai EV6 was there as well, although that wasn't available to test drive, and nor was the Ionic Five. Nissan's our Aria was there, which is their latest. Electric, which is very late to the game, uh, and that wasn't available to test drive either. No. So there were a few, a few of the latest cars were there just on show. Um, there were bicycles as well there. You know, Obviously. if you're interested in electric yep. bike, um, there was plenty of um, places you could buy food, which were all being powered off the grid. So which was quite nice. So there were no generators. The only noisy thing while you were there was the fact that we were at Farnborough. <laughs> yeah. And there's an airport. So every half an hour there was a jet went over quite low as it was taking off from Farnborough Airport. But uh, the food was typically expensive. expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bought a I bought an ice cream in a small cone with a flake and a a, a can of Coke and it was over seven over six pounds. Ouch. Oh, which, which I thought, ouch. But uh, I mean, it was a treat anyway that I was yeah, there. So I <laughs> put up with that. But unfortunately, you know, just like if you went to a any kind of big show, you get a bit ripped off on the old food and stuff. So, they had got a they had got a picnic area. So, if you wanted to take your own food, you could. You no. Know, would like we uh, also
1: about those events, always you should be what you know, what six quid for a pint of warm beer in a wobbly plastic glass. <laughs> that, you know. That's the uh, yeah,
2: that's right. Yeah. So there we go. That's my that was my experience at well, that uh, fully a, charged life outside.
1: Sounds, sounds very interesting. Sounds like a nice day out. You know, very nice. It was, day
2: out. and I was there. I got so I got there at ten, and I left it. 10 past five Hmm. and there was still stuff going on um they'd just finished all the presentations um so they do they had these two theaters and they were going all day um but they staggered them so you could go to both pretty much if you wanted to Uh, and there were talks about uh, you know uh, what makes uh, a a good um uh, smart what what is a smart home and is that the future? Um uh, uh you, how to buy your first electric car, um yeah, what what's the thing about last mile um deliveries? Yeah. Uh, all those kind of things so there's the stuff for business the stuff for if you're just you know starting out and um, are just interested in and there's always opportunities to ask questions everyone's very approachable that's always good isn't it
1: and um talking about vans and we were talking about um you were saying about electric vans which is um you know very much i think going to be a big thing um like say especially for you know um
2: I know Amazon. I know Amazon have bought some. I know yep. DPD have also think, bought some.
1: I uh, bought some. I think the post office were going to buy a big fleet. They were
2: experimenting, weren't they, with the different things? The post office. I know at one point they were experimenting with bicycles, with like a sort of uh, like a sort of a, a carrier on the back of it, like, which which you pulled along. You know what oh, I mean? Like, like a like a trailer. But it's but it's but it's but the bicycles are, are electrically electric. assisted, so... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because um, so, I don't know if you have them ar- around your way, but round here, um, some of the some of the guys have a, an electric cart.
2: Oh, right, okay. Have you no, so uh, have we, we in haven't in Lo- had many.
1: They have them in London, and it's like, I don't know, it's about sort of five, six foot long, and probably... And then it's on wheels and it's a box. It, it it's sort of like um street sweeper's barrow, but it's got four wheels and a handle.
2: Oh right, okay. Yeah.
1: And and you you know, it goes, you squeeze the handle and it goes along at sort of four mile an hour or something.
2: Just, oh, right. No, I don't think we have those. It's like an electric,
1: but, but, so that, you know, the guys who are delivering on foot but have got more than a, you know, a bag yes. full.
2: So they they can walk along with it, as and, it were. And
1: then, Yeah. So they're not having to pull this cart of, you know, big heavy thing and full of parcels or whatever. It's loaded up with the parcels and mail and it you're just, you know, battery powered.
2: Cle- clever stuff.
1: But, um, talk, yeah, otherwise talking of vans, um, Nemo has posted in our Slack room. Uh, the electric Morris J E makes its public debut at Fully Charged Live. Did you see that?
2: Oh yes, I saw that. I did. Yeah, yeah, cool looking vehicle. Yeah, it's so it's, a, um, it's a retro retro. Yes. It's an older vehicle, but it's been. It's so the, it quite, oh, that's another. There was another section where where they'd, they'd got people who have converted cars. So there was a, a Jaguar E Type that had been converted to electric. Um, there was that that van. Um, oh, I can't remember what all the others were. There were, I think, there's a Ferrari. But so these, these are where people have bought up the original car and then converted them either to electric themselves or or a third party company's done it for them.
1: Nice. Um... Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, the electric Morris J is a 21st century reimagining of the 1950s J-type, which is the Morris van you'll see in endless sort of late 50s and early 60s um, British movies. Very distinctive with a sort of um, triangular grille with horizontal bars and Split wings, yes. very the uh, kind
2: of thing you would have seen in France, isn't it?
1: Yes, it looks a bit like France the old has Citron, a lot of those the, the panel vans, yeah, yes, yes yeah, yeah
2: that's right, vans, that's what I'm the thinking. They look
1: like they're made out of corrugated iron, they're not, <laughs> but they, yeah. they're, they're yeah. flat sided and they're sort of uh, post war, so designed to be made simply out of stamped metal panels. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd, what I want to see is uh, electric Bedford buses, like the old ones you see in the old films.
2: Oh, that'd be brilliant!
1: No. <laughs> Old-fashioned Bedford buses, yes, definitely.
2: I'm sure someone will do it. Yeah, someone they probably will. Someone, someone will do it. That's. Uh,
1: I think that's one thing that electric also might inspire is a little bit of a breakaway from the sort of not that there's anything wrong with modern styling. Obviously, it's you know very aerodynamic and whatnot, but for you know it might introduce a little bit more uh, flair in design. Yeah, you into. would
2: hope so, because when you look around at cars these days, they they do look all like. I mean, sometimes it's quite difficult to tell which car you're looking at because they all look alike, don't they? And they all start, it, to look, you know, as you it, said, like Stormtrooper
1: a, helmets,
2: you know. Yes, if it's a crossover, then then you look at the back of it. If if you're not, if you can't see the, if you can't see the make. Sometimes it's really difficult to tell oh, which one's which, because the so backs so. just all look very similar to one another. I mean,
1: yeah. I, I find it quite interesting that, you know, if you look at uh, vehicles on Britain's Road, some of the most popular vehicles are like the reimagined Beetle, the reimagined Mini, uh, the reimagined Fiat 500 um you know i think people quite like some of that retro styling when I mean, everything wasn't designed for ultimate aerodynamics but for um you know style to some extent
2: yeah i mean the um the, one of the pictures was of the fiat 500 which actually is really stylish i'm not i'm not sure it's for me but when i looked inside it and it, it is very stylishly done you can tell it's been done by the Italians. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, it's, it's a really nice uh, really nice piece of, you know, inside it's a really nice place to be. So.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So there you go. Right. Oh, uh, I've, I've,
2: just had a, I've just had a message from CarWow to say, we've found cars, uh, we found similar cars to your Citroën EC4.
1: Hmm. Uh, yeah. And I guess I guess we should actually say, uh, get better soon to Carl, because if you haven't listened to the latest um Mac and Forth show, he had a bit of an accident on his bicycle. His bicycle kind of fell apart underneath him as he went across a railway crossing. And uh, Oh
2: no, I, don't, I missed that. Yes, oh, he's taken a Cole. bit of a
1: he'd taken a bit of a tumble and uh he put some pictures in their Discord channel. He's scratched scraped his leg up and his arm and Oh, no, ribs. that's horrible. He's got a great big, you know, road rash down his leg and a gash in his arm. And a, it says he's bruised his ribs. Um, he's bad enough that he's oh, taken a few days off work. So, you know, we're not... Oh, well,
2: it must be bad then because, you know, he just doesn't. Does he do that? <laughs> it's, um... yeah, if you hear him talking about... He's got very little tolerance for people who don't want to work in an office. <laughs> and he was on...
1: Um... Uh, you know, he was, uh, also on, uh, the My Mac show with Gaz. And as he said, Oh, right. Oh, I look
2: forward he, to hearing that.
1: He said, Yeah, uh, you know, if you don't make me laugh too much, and if you do, you know, you might hear me going like,
0: <clears throat> Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible.
2: Yeah. When I, when I fell oh, a number of years ago now, when you're a big guy, you go down with a bit of a wallop, and I, all I did was trip over my own blooming feet. I was an idiot. Um, and I was out walking, and, uh, Oh, I bruised my ribs that day. and Oh, dear, they hurt for ages afterwards. They yeah, took so long to heal.
1: It's very, very unpleasant. So, yeah, get better soon, Carl. Oh, um, yeah,
2: absolutely, Carl. Uh, I don't know exactly seen, uh, what happened to his bike, the... but
1: apparently it kind of broke in half underneath him. So, there we go. I don't know what bike he had, but uh, there we are. Oh, dear. So, let's let's wrap it up then, uh, Nick. I've got a couple of uh, last things. The Worth of Chirp slash essential tip for this week. And this comes from Tony uh, via the Mac Geek Gab 887 um, And it might have... Uh, I think it's been repeated on several other places since. But uh, Tony said, you can use tell contact to speed up Siri spending sending a text. And I have tried this. So instead of doing the, you know, hey, S-person, send a text... Um, And then it says, who? yes, okay, who do you want to send a text to and all the rest of it. Uh, You can simply say, hey, S-person, tell the contact you want it to, and then the message, so you can do it all in one. And it will say, do you want to send that message? It's a a voice hack, as it were, a shortcut that you can use. And I have used it, and it works. So you can just go, you know, tell person, I'll be home in five minutes. And it will say, do you want me to send that? It's an excellent tip. Courtesy of Matt Geek Gab and Listener Tony. So there we are. Um and the last two pieces before we close out. Uh Software for graphic designers find success in two acts. This is in uh was in the Times, uh, which is paywalled, unfortunately, but there is a free trial option if you've not used it before. Um it's a piece about Ashley Hewson and Serif. Ah. Oh. Um, I didn't bother to read it I just read the bit you can read before you before it tells you you have yes, to sign up for a free war. trial or 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 pay up but um if you're interested there's a piece there um and you know how we were talking about self-driving cars last week and I yes. mentioned that um a lot of the accidents are actually the, you know, the self-driving vehicles being hit. Uh, iMore had a story with a headline which is more clickbaity than the story, which is Apple self-driving cars experienced minor accidents within a week of each other. Um, but then it turns out that one was stopped in traffic and was rear-ended, and the other one was in manual mode and again was hit from behind. Uh, so neither were actually anything to do with it being an Apple car and you know an Apple self-driving test vehicle but everything to do with them being struck from behind um as we said and um
2: Perhaps, or, perhaps auto, autonomous cars ought to have like sort of big balloons that blow up when someone gets too near. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so like if they an, do crash external in, do do any damage. External <laughs> yeah. airbags, yeah.
1: Um, and I don't have a link to this, but I did see a follow-up on the Toyota uh, bus incident that we talked about. Um, and it, although it was only a preliminary uh, take on the incident, uh, pretty much as I'd surmised, the... Uh, bus was turning in the, uh, you know, the vision impaired athlete had stepped out onto the crosswalk. The bus had already applied the brakes. The uh, human driver uh, didn't expect the uh, athlete to continue stepping out. Uh, but also applied the brakes anyway but the distance uh, you know available was too short too short it was struck yeah. um, luckily yes I'm afraid
2: I'm afraid one thing that electric cars automation of electric cars can't do is bend the laws of physics
1: yes you know your ton of <laughs> metal will still take a certain amount of time to come to a halt oh and before we go uh, obviously you, you tried to what did you think of the generative braking because obviously I've never driven an electric car before so I don't know how that would the, the sensation yeah, I, of it
2: yeah I, I didn't think much of it actually. I mean I'm quite used to having quite firm the um the ionic that I've got has got three levels of regen and I quite like driving with quite a lot of regen. Um and I it's the only thing that was a negative really for me. I thought the B mode wasn't strong enough for me. Okay. So you um, would
1: have liked more regenerative. I would
2: have liked more, but uh, but having said that, it wouldn't put me off buying the car. No, um, it's it just seemed... that I've experienced. I have experienced other things which I like better.
1: <laughs> That's fair enough. I mean, obviously, that was yeah. my first time, and then you can have it on or off. Why you'd want to drive with it off, I've no idea.
2: But um... what, what what I was quite interested by was um, so I the uh, the Kia Soul has three levels of regen, exactly the same, but the regen on three on the Kia Soul is quite snatchy. I was quite surprised. So when when I release. When I've got it in max regen mode, it slows the car down quite quickly, but it's very smooth, very smooth indeed. So it never feels like the car's being snatched at, as if you just stamp, you know, the accelerate yeah. the uh, brake pedal. Whereas the the the, the um, Soul did a little bit. I was quite surprised, considering they come from the same family. Hyundai K- Kia are all part of the same, so it's probably using the same gear underneath the. I was quite surprised to find that the, the three was a little bit snatchy and I didn't like it anywhere near no, as much I as I, I do. Wouldn't, I wouldn't like you know,
1: that. I mean, no. the um, the I mean, Citrin... you expect
2: it to slow you down, but you you don't want it to feel as if you've just tapped the brake pedal, really. Yeah, what you I want is you, you want it to feel like heavy engine braking.
1: Really, yes, I mean, the the Citroen to me, I as a you know newbie to driving an electric car Felt yeah. pretty much how I would have expected it. It was a bit like the, you know, the older days of putting it down into third and letting the clutch out gently. So yes. it would, yeah, you could feel right. it that's slowing exactly the right. car, and it and in a nice way, it was smooth and it, it behaved how you expected it to do. I guess I can see with Citroen perhaps thinking that a lot of their buyers would be first timers that they wouldn't want it to be yeah. too fierce
2: because that would put I people think a lot. Yeah, I think I can see that. Yeah, the thing is once you get used to it, especially when it's smooth like the car I've got at the moment. And when you get used to it, particularly if you're doing lots of country driving, it's absolutely brilliant because, you know, you're driving along a, perhaps a single track road and you come to a corner and all you do is take your foot off the accelerator.
1: Yeah. And, and, uh, and
2: the car slows down quite a lot. Yes. So so you're not dabbing backwards and forwards between acceleration and brake, accelerator brake. Um, and it means that you, you're driving is much smoother as a consequence. Yeah. So that's the advantage of it.
1: Very much so. There we go. Right. I just, I just thought that. I just thought, you know, I'll ask, I'll ask Nick because he's obviously got more experience of probably different, you know, levels.
2: Yes, I'd uh, say, I'd say it was probably even a little bit lighter than the my leaf was, and the leaf only had a B mode. Um, it, 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 it wasn't as It wasn't as heavy as I would have liked. Fair that being enough. someone who's quite used to it now. Yeah, I think that that's um,
1: probably the difference for me. I think if it had been much stiffer, it might have felt a bit like going into third before you really should. And, uh, uh,
2: yeah, yeah. The last thing you want is for it to kangaroo yeah. when, when you when you when you take your foot off the accelerator. So, yeah, absolutely. Fair. It needs to be nice and smooth.
1: So, uh, yeah, that's excellent. Right. Well, we've gone on quite long enough, I think. So. Uh, We'll wrap it up.
2: So, uh, Nick, tell people where people can't find you. (laughs) Righty-o, they can find me occasionally on Twitter. I'm Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. You can join me in the Slack room. Because I'm uh, there some of the time, and uh, you you can get some of uh, the, the church videos. We had a quite a, a big service, a circuit service, so it's a number of churches getting together on Sunday. So that was quite fun. I'd actually got someone helping me who is um, who is actually getting to grips with it and and understands what I'm doing now. So, so that's good. That's some, someone extra because I was also playing the organ. Yes, <laughs> I haven't quite got enough hands to do it all myself. So he was helping out. He was helping out doing the words for the hymn and he also changed the scenes a couple of times for me so you know it, uh with scenes we had like some some liturgy some words on the screen so he had to swap between the words and the camera showing the front and that kind of thing and he was getting quite into it so, so that's good that there'll be an extra pair of hands when I
1: all very good and links to those are all in the show notes of course right uh you can find me uh, on the Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Obviously, I'm in the Slack room. Uh, the show tweets as at Essential Apple. All of our stuff is over on EssentialApple.com. And uh, that's about it. Uh, thank you to everybody who listens, of course. Thank you to all the people who support us in any way, shape, or form. And uh, if you haven't done it, think about doing a review on... Apple Music podcast thing, whatever it is now, Um, because we haven't had one for ages. But other than that, uh, we'll be back next time. So see you then.
2: Goodbye. Drive carefully.
1: the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Boo Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcasts, and take a listen.
0: Hey David, this week on Tech Fan, let's talk about Apple. I uh, don't like it. Yeah, okay. Uh, Windows? We could talk about Windows.
1: Boring.
0: Um, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of cool things in 3D printing going on. We could we could talk really? about. Cool. No. I don't think so. Uh, uh, what about like uh, the Raspberry Pi? We've we've discussed that in the past. It's Tech Fan. No. Uh,
2: you're you're just being difficult now. What do you want to talk about this week on Tech Fan? How about we talk about Apple and then a little bit about Microsoft and then the Raspberry Pi? New
1: sock